Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. We are in this series called The Life-Giving Church, and we've got two weeks left. This one and next week. Going to wrap it up. Uh, today is a reproducing church. Next week, it's going to be an overcoming church. We're going to talk about overcoming obstacles and setbacks and religion. Come on. That's a commercial for next week. But, you know, in this series, we've talked about the fact that it's in Acts 1, it's always about Jesus. Life-giving church, it's always about Jesus. In the life-giving church, it's a church for all peoples. The walls are down. Different, all different kinds of people are one together in Christ. And we want to live that way. And that's, that's a countercultural kind of thing, but we want to do that, right? That's, that's who we are. Um, Micah brought a message on Christ's life in the church, in, in, in the church and talked about Acts 2. And we want to see that kind of community lived out. I came back and followed that up the next week. We talked about community in God's image. Why do we get so fired up? Why do our hearts sing so much when we open to the book of Acts, when we see that community, when we see that life, why does that stir us up? Because we're made in God's image. That's who we are as His people. And so our hearts sing when we read about that and we dream about why can't that happen here? We want to see that happen, right? And then uh, there was a, the house of prayer message, a life-giving church, and we tracked some of the corporate prayer experiences of Acts. And we want to live and have that kind of expression here in our midst. Then last week, Ben brought the word that a life-giving church is a church that's marked by loving one another. The church in the 21st century. And uh, so here we are today, a reproducing church. Let's read a couple of passages in Acts chapter 11, verse 19. And this literally is the church in Antioch, which has always been a an inspiration for us as we've read the book of Acts and wanted to be this church, you know, have this spirit about us. Father, bless the reading of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. But some of them, however, <clears throat> men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God and was glad and encouraged them to remain true. He was glad and encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of faith, and full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a good, great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And now turn over one page to Acts 13. Just one more picture of this church that I want us to see. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Amen. So here's what's going on. This picture of the church in Antioch is what, what we call an epicenter church. It was a, it was a church that really became ascending center for lots of other churches. So Antioch was that kind of church. The church in Jerusalem was that epicenter reproducing church. Antioch, epicenter reproducing church. Rome, epicenter reproducing church. Ephesus, epicenter reproducing church. And so early on, we were inspired in the history of Christ Fellowship. We said, hey, we want to be like that. We want to be, we want to have that kind of life. And where we were, we actually are those kind of people where we do those kinds of things. And, and the Lord quickly gave us a phrase, living things multiply. And the idea was that if we had this kind of life in us, the life that marks this church, then we would be people as disciples that were sharing our faith and this life couldn't be contained. We'd be sharing it and there'd be new disciples being raised up around us. And in our life groups where we meet from house to house, those things wouldn't be able to just stay just one house. If the God's life was in the house, then it would multiply and give birth to other little life groups, cells, house churches, that, that kind of thing. And so then as a congregation, if we had God's life in us, and this was a this was a breakthrough thought for us because we didn't know church planners back 25 years ago. I didn't know any. But we had this idea that if God's life was in the church, that the church itself, the whole congregation, should be multiplying, right? And so down through the years, I mean, we've sent out several hundred people to plant churches in different places. The church multiplying. And the Lord gave us, that's literally where we got our vision statement from, it's, it's to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples, new life groups, new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. That's what we want to be about. You know, there's lots of other details along the way, but I mean, that's kind of the, the heart of it. It's the life of Jesus Christ in the church. In the church, and it's multiplying. That's what we want to be all about. We came up with, I, I didn't really realize I'd left the, 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 the letters in the outline, but there you go, LGMRCMC. Everybody knows what that is, right? LGMRCMC, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. That's what we want to be. That's what I want to be all about. Life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. And that's, I mean, if you think, man, that comes out really smooth. Well, I've been practicing it for like 20-something years, right? It ought to come out smooth. Okay. But this vision that God's given us, it creates a tension in other parts of our lives because our culture has some things that are pulling us. Gravity in our culture is just like, it's, it's, a, it's a certain way for things that don't look necessarily like what God's given us vision for. And so this vision, it keeps us, it keeps us moving forward even when there's tension culturally. It could be money, materialism, could be relationships, racism, those kinds of things that it could be even politics or military stuff. I mean, there's tension, right? You know, nationalism, it's, it's, it's where you put the flag over your allegiance to Jesus Christ. And we don't, we don't want to do that. Our first allegiance is to Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, so, so like 
we don't want to kill people. We want to love people. We actually want to love our enemies. You know, so I'm not going off totally here. <laughs> but, but just, I mean, those are tension places, right? And we all have to work. I mean, we live in the most powerful nation on planet Earth. So we, there are tensions in that, but it doesn't stop who our first allegiance is to. Jesus Christ. And so this kind of life-giving, multiplying, reproducing Christ manifesting where Jesus is seen in us, in our thinking, where we talk about stuff, where we process things. We don't just, you know, something happens on Facebook and, and we go... We don't respond in the same spirit. We're different people. We're a peculiar people. Aliens. Strangers. You know, at times to the... the the, the cultural uh, gravity, you know, just on, on stuff. And so, Lord, help us. You know, the point is we want to be marked by the life of Jesus, the life of Christ. So here's the main thing. God is calling us to be a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing church that truly shows the life of Jesus Christ. There's the Christ manifesting thing. And, and I've just... Uh, I've got two points for us. In a reproducing church, and I'm going to go ahead and all the blank people that like to know the blanks, I'm just, I'm going to end the suspense right now. We're just going to, uh, a reproducing church is marked by being and doing. Being and doing. Now, I'm just looking around here and I'm realizing that some of you guys, when I say being, you get a, kind of a warm feeling. You, you, you like that. And then some of you guys, you don't like that so much. Doing. Let's not just be, let's get some stuff done. The doers, right? But here's the thing. It's always going to be both. It's both and. It's being and doing. It's be, be, do. Um, one of our illustrious, I, I heard this uh, through the grapevine between services, that one of our illustrious elders said that it's kind of like a do, like we're do be brothers. Do, and I was like, that's pretty corny, man. That's pretty corny. But we're, we're be doers. We're being and, and doing. So that's, that's what's going to mark us as a reproducing church. I, I think I just lost everybody on that. Come back. Let's focus. So being. Here's what, when I say being, I'm talking about what's under the surface. This, the church in Antioch, what's under the surface there? there there's, some, there's some stuff happening when you, you read this and you go, wow, God's, God's doing some stuff. And it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like the sauce. You know, Kim made this, uh, she's been making pasta things, and, but not just pasta. She, she does a sauce that goes on the pasta. And so I walk in sometimes, got like onions and, you know, good smelling stuff. I'm like, ooh, that smells good. Y'all getting hungry. <laughs> but last night it was kind of a uh, red base thing, you know, and it, was, it smelled good. And, and so you guys are like, where am I going with this? It's because a reproducing church has a sauce down in under that is, it's kind of what God's cooking in us. It's what he's, it's this, 
It's this flavorful thing that he's doing down on the surface. And we all, to be a ripe reproducing church, we have to have, we have to have individuals, not just us corporately, but individuals who are spending time with Jesus, who are meeting with the Lord, who have roots that go down deep in the Lord. So that when we're together, there's that, we get a flavor. It's the flavor of Jesus. It's the flavor of life. And so, and I, so I'm going to just hit a few of these things. This, the, the being pieces, it's things like life. When I say, you know, life, it's like, you can't, you, it's hard to put your hand on it. It's, it's a being thing. We want to walk in life. For years, we've said as a staff and as, as, as a church, we want to do things that are life and we want to not do things that aren't life. I don't want to keep doing something that's not life just because we used to do it. Does that make sense? So we want to, we want to be into life and it's like this. It's hard to put your hand on. Um, Jesus said it this way in talking about the parable of the growing seed. I didn't, I didn't have a slide for this, but, uh, it's Mark chapter four, verse 26. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is Jesus talking. A man scattered seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself. The, the word there in Greek is automaton. All by it's where we get the word automatic. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And so part of what we're talking about here in the being dynamic of church, it's life. It's this thing that's that's God's doing inside of us. And it's so powerful. You you can't uh, it's not I can't give you the four P's for how to do this. It's it's down in there. It's the life of Jesus. It's it's allowing his life to be seen in us. It's going through hard things and some successes and failures where we trust the Lord and learn to trust his life being released in us and not just the porcelain outside stuff of what we always thought. He's actually dealing with us and bringing us into an ever fuller understanding of, of who he is. And so, uh, so, so there's the life piece. Love would be closely related to that. We have to be people that receive the love of God in order to be a reproducing church. It's, it's going to mark us in our being. Um, and it's like this. Uh, in the natural realm, intimacy produces babies. We, we, we get that. Intimacy produces babies. And in the spiritual realm, first the natural, then the spiritual, the same thing is true. When we're intimate, when we're growing in intimacy with the Lord, guess what starts happening around us? It's life. Life. When we start receiving His love and walking in intimacy with the Lord, there starts to be life around us. We're life-giving people. And the more of us that say, you know, that's right. We want to be a life-giving church. This is part of how that happens. It's in the being realm. Uh, Barnabas goes to Antioch. He's like, there's grace here. He's just looking around. He's seeing the grace and the favor. God's doing a work in these people's hearts and he's like, this is grace. This is favor. And that's another piece. Another piece would be truth and reality. We, for years, you know, I've said, I don't want to be having a, a vision to plant churches for people to go somewhere else, go across water, 
go to another part of the United States to start to, to do something that we're unwilling to do right here. I didn't say that real smooth. We want to have the reality right here so that when people leave here, they're going to do what they've already been doing. Does that make sense? That was clear. And it's just so we, we want to walk in life. We want to walk in love. We want to share our faith. We want to have that internal reality uh, so that it's that's really marks us as who we are as a church. Prayer would be another internal thing. You know, you just can't always see it's the being part. And some of us, again, we really resonate with that and others. We resonate more with the doing, but we need them both. We need the prayer, the internal strength, the, the roots, uh, the, the reality. And then faith would be another thing that we can't always see, but it's what are we believing God for in the days ahead? This internal, like God's got things for us. And it starts with uh, a faith that... And where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word, the rhema of Christos. That's Romans 10.17. It's the spoken word of Jesus. It's not just reading a Bible verse. It's, it's you read the Bible verse, but how many have read it 99 times and then on time 100, or you've read it 10 times and on time 11, you, you like go, wow, I get this. That's God speaking. It's, and, and real faith comes when we listen to Jesus speaking. You know, you can, you can read it, you know, 50 times, but when real faith is ignited when we hear Jesus speak to us. That's when you're ready to do something or risk something or step out and go above and beyond. Okay? The last piece I want to touch on here on the being is the message. And the message for us, I'm going to just touch on a couple things that maybe not everybody thinks about all the time. I did a little study, went through the book of Acts, and I was looking up kingdom of God. Just to, and I'm going to mention a couple of these here to you. But one of them was the kingdom of God and the good news of the kingdom of God is what they were preaching. Now, a couple times times they were preaching the good news of peace, but mostly it says they were preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And that's really important. Jesus, he's raised from the dead. Acts chapter one, the beginning, it says, and for 40 days, he went about preaching the kingdom of God. Now, that's what he's preaching. And the reason that's important for us to just again clarify, it is what has marked us. It's marked us so significantly as a church that we are a beacon of light for the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the message we've been preaching for a couple decades. And, and when I say that, I'm just saying it's different than just believe in Jesus and go to heaven when you die. It's believe in this gospel about the kingdom of God, that you've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and been brought into the kingdom of light. You've been rescued from the kingdom of Satan and been brought into the kingdom of Jesus where Jesus reigns. So what that does is this underlying message that we're believing, it's shaping who we are all the time. That it's not okay to just go, uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to heaven one day and how I live now doesn't matter. I want to obey Jesus. I want to order my thinking, my life. When I'm off track, I want to repent. I want to get back. I want to walk with Jesus Christ. So that's the gospel of the kingdom of God. And, and the cross would be right in there too. It's interesting. Cross appears four times in the book of Acts. Just the word cross. Only four times. Peter's sermon in Acts 2. 
Every, every one of them is very significant, by the way. Peter's sermon in Acts 2, Acts 8, when Philip is preaching now to the Sumerians, crossing the boundary. Acts 10, Peter's preaching to Cornelius, the next mention. And then after they're sent out from Antioch, in Antioch, Pisidian Antioch, they're preaching, and again, there's the mention of the cross. And the reason this is so important for us to be a reproducing, life-giving, reproducing church is that it's in the cross that we find the focal point of God's revelation, His self-revelation of Himself, the self-revelation of how He really feels about the world and what He's really like. And that is the, it's, it's the love of God. This is love. So everything, every funky, weird conception we get about God has to be filtered through the lens of His self-giving love, His other-centered, self-giving agape that every single person on planet Earth has unsurpassable value, worth, and love that's directed to them from all eternity. Because that's what God is really like. By tracking. Okay, so... That's the being part. We want to, all those things are flowing inside of us. That's the sauce. That's the mystery. That's the thing that's happening on the inside. Now, practically, there, you don't just stay here, right? The being, this, this, all this stuff starts getting worked out in doing. And there's this flow between these things, being and doing. So, doing, it's a response. There's obedience. Sometimes, you know, we have a sense of what's happening. We feel like, I think this, what we're about to do is going to change the world. And there's other times I don't feel that way, right? You know, some days I just feel like I'm just getting up to meet with Jesus and trying to do the next thing He's telling me, and it's not exciting. You know, it's not a blistering solo. It's just, I don't know, it's just like a couple of chords, you know, and maybe a little out of tune, something. Is that working? I don't know. So it's, it's response and obedience. It, like, it's, if you've got Jesus' life, then you want to share Jesus with others, right? None of us know the impact of the seed that we sow into the lives of other people. You just, you just don't know. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Um, I was watching a little interview that Jimmy Seibert, the pastor down at Antioch in Waco, had done with uh, Maddie Phoenix, a friend of ours, and she was interviewing him. And he got to tell him the story uh, about this guy named Jim Martin. Jim's actually a, a dentist in Houston, I think, now. But Jim had gotten saved and come into Baylor as a freshman. And Jimmy's older brother, David, was playing football for Baylor, Baylor Bears. And, uh, and he was, for some reason, was in the freshman dorm as a football player until the, dorms, the other dorms opened up. And so he's this big guy. And Jimmy said straight up he was a bully. And so this little guy, Jim Martin, comes and knocks on his door and said, hey, do you know about Jesus and the gospel? And he picks him up and says, would you get out of my room? I don't want to see you in here anymore. If you come over here, I'm going to do something bad. And drops him and little Jim goes down the hall or whatever. Comes back two days later, knocks on the door again. David picks him up again. Says, look, man, I'm serious. I'm going to kill you if you don't. And lets him, lets him go, get out of here. The guy gets courage to come back a third time. This, this is legit. Comes back a third time, knocks on the door, says, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you about Jesus. And David gives his life to the Lord right there. Gives his life to Jesus. And he becomes a Christian. So 
He's getting radical, turned on all through that fall, goes home at Thanksgiving, and, and Jimmy's family said, none of us were Christians. None were. We didn't grow up that way. And so at Thanksgiving dinner, then David suddenly goes, hey, can I pray for the meal? And everybody's like, okay. And so he prays, Father, thank You that You sent Your Son Jesus to come and live a sinless life and die on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven and know You. And Father, thank You that anyone who calls on Your name, they will be saved. They believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that they will be saved in Jesus' name. And thank You for the food. Amen. Funny. So Jimmy said, we were like all just, what's going on with him? And, but a couple months later, Jimmy goes through this big crisis and he calls his brother and says, Hey, I need help and tell me about the Lord and all this. And so David prays with him and David leads Jimmy to the Lord. So again, follow, track this Jim, David, then Jimmy. So roll the clock forward. Jimmy, a few years ago, was in Siberia at Ulan Uday, and they were celebrating the 20 years of this church that they had planted back in the early 90s. A church, you know, just, and they're still, you know, still there rolling along. And he said he was just praising God, and it just suddenly hit him. He started thinking about Jim Martin. That seed that was sown by Jim Martin, this is part of the fruit of Jim Martin's life, is a reproducing church planting church in Ulan Uday in Siberia, Russia. Russia. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's really amazing. The point is, we don't know the impact of our sharing Jesus with other people. We just don't know the impact of our lives. We can't see it. We can't see what the impact of our prayers is as they ripple out into the future. We can't see the impact of us sharing Jesus with someone. We can't see the impact of us some of these other practical things. I mean, so doing is, is it's sharing Jesus. It's making disciples. You know, when we meet with one another intentionally for the purpose of becoming a Jesus follower and helping each other on that journey, I mean, good stuff happens. And there's so many guys I've met with down through the years that we're still really tight. Friends love each other. And, but it all started just because of some discipleship. Uh, you know, right now, Michael was reminding me just, he said, you know, in this season, man, the, some of the investment you're doing with us, it's, it's a great discipleship time. We had a, our, uh, staff was, was together, some of the guys on staff, and we were doing some sermon planning. So a series is coming on first John, get ready. But we were just kind of reading through out loud, praying and just talking about the Lord and talking about what God's doing. And it's, it's good. You know, that's discipleship. Life groups, a similar thing. It's like you just don't know the impact of what happens when we get together in these house-to-house groups and expect them to grow and be marked by Jesus' life and reproduce. Even the church itself, planting churches, multiplying churches, that's doing stuff for us. Definitely like you know, uh, you know, putting the ball through the hoop when we get to do those kinds of things. That's, I haven't done that. Just it's like riding a bike, maybe... I am going to be at the 5K. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I won't be running. This, this thing won't allow me to do that. By the way, side note here, don't judge stuff. You end up having to serve it later. I remember walking with... I can remember this. It's weird. It's one of those things. I said, honey, look at that guy walking with his wife. He had a little weights. Yeah, I don't, I don't have weights and I don't do that, but it's, 
close enough. Can't run. Can't jump. So, uh, you know, and then we also, the doing for us is teaching and training that supports this whole reproducing process. Man, we want to be about that. And so here's the thing. I'm wrapping this up. At the intersection of being and doing. It's at the intersection of being and doing. That's where the reproducing church is. It's at the intersection of identity and action. It's at the intersection of love and response. That's the, that's the reproducing church. It's right, right there. It's, and, and it's all these, it's the, it's the sauce working on the inside of us. It's our responses. It's Jim Martin. You know, I mean, that's pretty intimidating. Have some guy put you up against the wall and stuff. And yet, but he's responding still and goes back, leads David to the Lord. And now look what's happened through Jimmy's life. You know, it's like, wow, that's incredible. And that's that's any of us. That's any of us as we are sharing, discipling, living life out together, house to house in our life groups, this church, seeing it multiply. Who knows what the ripple effects are going to be of this in history? I mean, we we just don't know. We it's, it's all it's an awesome thought. And everybody, all of us, we all get to participate in this thing and it's it part of the the blow away for me is that god is he's always if we'll get to this place of being and just sit down and get still what we find is that he's always speaking he's always he's always communicating with us he's wooing us like he wants us to come deeper in relationship with him and out of that wholeness and increasing health in our lives we then step out and we're, we're not totally fixed, though. We're just kind of wounded healers, right? We're in process. We don't get all fixed before we go help somebody else. But that's the journey. He's always wooing us, drawing us, calling us, prompting us into the next thing. And that's what's so exciting about just getting to do this in the days ahead. Being this kind of a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing Christ manifesting church, man. I'm, I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in again, you know. And uh, so that's what I got. Y'all stand up. Y'all stand up. And let's respond to the Lord, especially on this be do thing, this being and doing. And it may be like, I need the being thing, or I need the doing thing, or I need the, the intersection of those things in my life to become much more real. And I think that's a great ministry point for us. You know, we always respond. Just take a few minutes to respond to the Lord. And so what is it for you? Where, what, what's the Lord speaking to you about as I'm sharing? Because, you know, it could be the words that I'm saying, but maybe it's just something else that the Lord's dealing with you about. And just let's, let's respond to the Lord. Let's just say yes. Lord, what is it? Father, would you just meet us right here where we're at? And just if it's the the being piece. I, I need to go deeper there. Or I need to be more responsive to You. But Lord, I, I ask in Jesus' mighty name that You would continue to work this incredible, beautiful, awesome, life-giving sauce in our lives that just overflows into love and warmth and, and making us people that are attractive for the Gospel and for You, Jesus. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be with our lives. So Lord, meet us today in Jesus' name. Hey, you guys, just get prayer. Just get prayer. There's people up here. And if it's one of those things, that's great. 
Maybe something else is happening in your life that you need prayer about, but please don't leave without letting somebody pray for you. If you need prayer today, let's do it. Amen. Y'all come.